Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Hello, and welcome to the Awful Neutral Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Damian Mercado. With me, as always, is Clint Beiger as... Artificarian. Hello. <laughs> Cuts. Retake. Yeah. I kind of liked it. <laughs> was that Bane? Yeah, who was that? <laughs> Jesse Egan ass. <laughs> Chad Bingsley, son of Bada Bingsley. <laughs> oh, nice. That's canon. Bada Bingsley. He could just be your dad. You call him Fada Bingsley. Fada Bingsley. <laughs> My father Bada. Well, I thought the mama was Bada. <laughs> I come from a long line of people with ridiculous names. Long line of Sopranos <laughs> based <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> we joked about it, but we did say but Chud Momsley <laughs> was a name that was previously thrown Chud around. Chud Momsley. Oh, I like that you keep the first name. Different culture. Furballs do it differently. Keep <laughs> that under your shirt. bumper sticker. <laughs> Caleb Cleveland as. Donald, I'm a total barbarian. <laughs> True words. He's the total package. I'm the total package. <laughs> Salvador Viesca as Lothario de la Pulga, uh, a, a man <laughs> that steals things. As far as we know. Uh, and I'm scared of my mother's chancla. <laughs> you steal hearts and you are afraid of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that aren't fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, Dia. <laughs> Dave Callens as. Kevin. <laughs> That's no, all. Just Kevin. <laughs> he forgets more of his character every week. <laughs> I hate Mondays. <laughs> I hate you, Normal. <laughs> oh, see, yours is much worse than mine. Much, much worse. Oh, we we doing well, we doing bad Kevins? Well, we just got, got you here. a Kevin measuring contest right now. <laughs> Who had the girthiest Kevin? Jesus, that's why they're. I don't touch the bottom of the litter box, but I beat the shit out of the sides. Isn't that what you? <laughs> oh my god! Good lord! Uh, is, that's, is that, talk about cat ass fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> AG could not be here right now. She has something way more important going on. She is at Politicon right now. I asked her to stab Sean Hannity for me. We'll see if she does it. <laughs> Sarah Lee could not be here to play Gertrude today. She has some school stuff to do. She has a big test coming up, and we're all rooting for you. Uh, by the time this comes out, she has either passed or failed. So feel free to hit her up on her Instagram. and uh, Wish her good luck in the future tense. I'm rooting for a fail. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. I thought she got kidnapped again. And before we get started with our adventure, I'd like to give a very special shout out to to Jessica Udbeer. Udbeer? I'm sorry for butchering your name. We got your request. We understand you want to be a halfling. I'll send you a message. We'll find out a little bit more. We thank you so very much for listening. Thank you so very much for that really heartfelt message. I showed it to the cast. Uh, I think uh, all of our hearts grew three sizes this day. It's true. Uh, your message made our day. We were very happy that us doing this show help brightens one hard-working Mother's Day. Yeah, we love that. Uh, so I, th I think the only right thing to do is to not only make the character that you suggested to us, but I think we got to include your kids, too, in this. There so, we go. So uh, shoot th their names on over or what you they'd want their fantasy names to be. And we'll, we'll put them in the next Cthulhu adventure. <laughs> <laughs> no! 
Well, we're going to our next Halloween episode. Now, let me put it this way. Your character's going to have to make some tough choices. We have a Hansel and Gretel-themed episode coming No promises. And if anybody else would like to be horrifically scarred through a podcast medium, go ahead and write the show at Awful D&D. All right, let's start the show. Sorry, Jessica. Lock the gates! <laughs> Last time on the Awful Neutral podcast, Gertrude's dudes went to sleep for the night at the Drowning Cat Inn. During that night, Lothario and Chud took massive amounts of molly. Chud <laughs> tore it up on the dance floor, impressing many rogues at this bar half his age. Until I tried to do the Michael Jackson dance and then threw my hip out. You pushed your rolls a bit too far. You tried uh, getting them to do the Michael Jackson thriller dance. Yes, and they looked uh-huh. at you like, what is this old man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not saluting this pedophile. Mm-hmm. Where was Gonk in this? Judging me. Probably. Just sitting on his, his rocky talkie. He retracted into his shell. <laughs> Playing TikToky on his rocky talkie. <laughs> TV was discovering more about the sample of the blue electrical wire that he took. He went over to an alchemist by the name of Leon Finks. They established that this substance was biological and confirmed that it had highly anti-magic properties. So uh, Leon Finks thinks this thing stinks? <laughs> he does, Mr. Seuss. <laughs> he hey, thinks as he, he winks. go to eight years at book writing school to be called Mr. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can't cut that joke. Uh, that's super fucking solid, Dave. <laughs> no crickets here. <laughs> Leon informed Tiffy that any further test would take a significant amount of time. Tiffy did not want to leave the sample there, so Tiffy said that he would come back. He left the alchemist lab and joined the rest of the gang at the Drowning Cat Inn for the evening. Before they went down for the evening, Gertrude got a call from Mercutio that she turned overly sexual. Mercutio revealed some of his machinations during that call as well. <laughs> Just try, in, a, in a rush to try and hang up. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Before bedding for the evening, Tifi, Gonk, and Malison went to one room. Before drifting off for the night, a canary carrying a letter came through the window in Malison, Gonk, and Tifi's room. The letter informed the party that Mrs. Caitlin had noticed that the party had violated their agreement by shopping at other stores. Previously, in exchange for a discount, the party agreed to give Miss Caitlin priority. We're just such shopaholics. We just really couldn't stop. They had shopped at at least two other destinations that she knew of. In her letter, she was sure to note that she did not enjoy making threats, and she gave the party a chance to see what they would do to correct the situation. Mm. After the party bedded down for the evening, they woke up not feeling like themselves. They woke up in a different world. Uh, In this world, they were taunted with their fears. The party fought hard, mutilated some children. Yeah. Killed a groundskeeper. That wasn't our goal, but. Cockblocked Gertrude. Wasn't your goal. (laughs) Got maimed, (laughs) mutilated. Yep. And mentally scarred. Yep, just another Sunday. After they completed the ritual, the party found themselves awake in their bodies. With the exception of Gonk, Malison, and Tifi, none of them found themselves awake in the rooms that they went to sleep in. As they look around and take in the room, they can see, aside from, sorry, took some Tums. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fine. Oh, that's a subversive plug for Tums. (laughs) Oh, nice. The official antacid of this DM. (laughs) It shows a commercial of a dragon waking up next to his wife, and he's got like that pink and red stomach, and she's like kind of like, oh, you're waking me up, and he takes the Tums, and the cooling effect drops down, and then the dragon goes back to sleep. 
Is it antacid again, sweetie? <laughs> Here, take some Toms. Oh, someone I ate. <laughs> come, 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 come. It's that Italian. <laughs> I told you not to do Italian late at night. <laughs> I like paladins, but they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't cut that joke on. That great. <laughs> See, that's my uh, trick. I just set it up and we hammer sorry, it until it I gets know. funny. <laughs> As the party surveyed the room, the first thing you notice is corpses. It looks like John Wick has visited this room. Oh my God. Even into the hallway with the door open, there's blood all over the walls. They're wearing cultist robes. You can't really tell what the... You can't really tell what, who they fall, follow just yet. <laughs> Does that guy have a pencil in his head? You'll have a to... fucking pencil? <laughs> <laughs> a fucking pencil. You see Gremel Stonebreaker in the center of the room. He's, he's standing in a contorted pose, face frozen in fear, his hands covered in blood. You Standing in front of him on the wall like he was a spider. like Sexy ghost. wall spider <laughs> just hugging the fucking wall with his spider body. Seducing Gremel <laughs> with his Whoa. eyes. You see a figure. He looks like a human man, hideously burned on his face, his hands. Both of his hands have a glove with long metal sharp uh, fingertips on them. He's wearing a striped red and white sweater, black pants, a brown hat. It's Waldo. Nailed it. He's lording over Gremel laughing. As you guys wake up, you find contraptions around your head. Mm. I was working with a jigsaw. Uh, and all of you are lying in a row in the far back corner of this room. This room is approximately 30 feet by 30 feet. It is a large suite. That's the situation you find yourself in. Are we subdued in some way? Tied we, down? You are not tied down. However, every injury you sustain in your dream world has transferred over. Has followed so, us? Kevin? Is he missing an arm? You are not missing an arm. However, which arm was injured before? One of them. I forget. Think left. Left? Was it left? I think it was left. Your left arm, you can't feel it. You can't move it. It's just hanging there. Mm. I was missing practically half my, the right side of my body. I mean, like, I was missing most of my fingers on my yeah. right arm. Yeah. Dude, uh, do I have cricket bites on my leg? Yeah. It's just, it's just uh, sleep no, paralysis. I, it'll it'll I come back. missing, yeah. like, a leg? My arm was broken. No, we, 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 we repaired your Oh, leg. you repaired this yeah. right. Yeah. But I was still, yeah. I was still hobbled. Yeah. And, I, and I was filled with health juice. Dave, you are going to have disadvantage on any action you make that would require use of your left hand. And do I have the same thing because my arm's uh, broken? Yes. One of my arms and broken. because your legs were broken, you guys have half movement speed. Oh, no. Try I had an arm and a leg broken. They sort of repaired the mm -hmm. leg, and then uh, the arm was still okay. destroyed. Gertrude only has a third of her movement speed. Oof. What about her joking capacity? Is that uh, dwindled in any way? <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be increased somehow? Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it is. How, what happens if you divide by zero? It is inconclusive if the crookets have followed you into this world. I don't like this. Oh, what about our phobias? Because I don't have you. Absolutely, phobias have transferred over. Oh, so come on. Malison and <laughs> Malison Hate and fire. Gonk are terrified of fire. Mm. And Clint is afraid. Uh, Tiffy's afraid of darkness. Yeah. yeah. Good thing I got dark vision with my new mace. <laughs> now, these conditions will persist until you either A, engage in lots of physical or perhaps psychological therapy, or B, find a way to lesser or greater restore yourself. You guys, let's try the therapy angle. I think that'll be fun. You'll find out a lot about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it done quick or you can get it done right. <laughs> Gremel Stonebreaker, legendary hero, proud servant of Moradin, 
and first mate to the USS Gertrude's dudes, stands proudly at the helm of a ship that he thinks may need a new name. It's been only a few hours since he parted with Gertrude and her dudes in the city of Parrotsport, not long after the party met Malison, Kill, and Gonkholskin. The others flew with the giant's wrestling squad to the city of Duke's Court on their pleasure yacht one last time before it was turned over to Malison Kill. The plan was for Gremmel Stonebreaker to take the USS Gertrude's dudes from the rambunctious city of Parrot's Port to meet the rest of the gang in Duke's Court. Since the USS Gertrude's dudes was a ship recently acquired from the recently murdered Lord Privilegington, Gremmel knew of ways to get this hot ship into the city of Duke's Court without drawing the attention of the authorities. As Gremmel stands at the helm of his ship, he sees nothing but clear skies ahead. As Gremmel proudly pilots the ship, much of the crew he picked up in the city of Parrot's Port is scampering around the deck, pulling ropes, rigging lines, maintaining the engines of the airship, cleaning the deck. The USS Gertrude's dudes has not had a proper crew in some time, and it shows. Suddenly, one of the men on lookout shouts, Imperial Battle Barge, 12 kilometers off port. Gremmel turns his head and sees a fleet of warships. Fortunately, Gremmel piloted the USS Gertrude's dudes high above the clouds. It doesn't appear that the fleet has seen the ship yet. Gremmel knows it's only a matter of time before the ship is spotted. He quickly surveys the maps in front of him, looks around for any islands or any place that might offer safe harbor. He knows that the antiquated design of the USS Gertrude's dudes can't outrun the warships. As if created by Morden itself, Gremmel sees an island below them, not far off. With a little bit of luck, he may be able to get the ship to the island and perhaps disguise it to look like a trading vessel. He shouts to the crew around him, All hands, you dirty dogs. We must be making the ship look like a trading vessel. While descending the ship at a dangerous speed, Gremmel shouting orders to his hardened crew. He orders for some of the sailors to retract the cannons and any semblance of weaponry. He orders others to take all of the ship's supplies and put them on top of the deck. He orders the ship to fly merchant colors. The crew races to find the golds and purples and greens necessary to signal a trading vessel. The crew undaunted by the near freefall they're in due to the experienced dwarven hand at the helm. Grimmel expertly engages the engines. At the last possible moment, the ship lands in the water. Many of the crew members are knocked off their feet. However, they are safe. They are alive. They are unharmed. Uh, the wood on the ship groans. Some boards break. But for the most part, this was a safe landing. Grimmel knows that this ship doesn't have many more stunts like that in it. Grimmel turns his eye to the fleet and sees that they've noticed him. Aye. It was a bold move. But it'd be pretty hard to miss us. Gremmel's plan is to take the crew to the far side of the island, break eye contact with the rapidly approaching armada. Gremmel is prepared to scuttle the ship, but that's the last option. His plan is to take the crew onto the island and hide until the armada leaves. He orders a senior sailor to take the helm. Gremmel proudly strides into his quarters and starts donning his armor. He says to himself, They better have brought a whole ship full of badasses if they hope to get past Gremmel Stonebreaker. Before he hears in his mind, Gremmel, Gremmel, it's Featherbeard. Can you hear me? Aye, I hear you. Where do you be? 
You have to hurry, Gremmel. There's a cave on the far side of the island. Aye. Understood. Gremmel sprints back up to the helm, takes over. The ship is rounding the island just in time to see the cave. Aye, I see it, Featherbeard. The crew stares at Gremmel but doesn't say a word. It appears as if he's talking to himself. Quickly inside, Gremmel. Aye. Gremmel expertly pilots the ship into a dark, vast cave network on the far side of the island. There's little light in this cave. The water is clear, but black. As the USS Gertrude's dudes enters the cave, Gremmel senses illusionary magic and sees that the open cave that was once behind him is now covered rock. Good thinking, Master Featherbeard. It's mighty illusionary magic. You can hide a whole cave. That's nothing, Gremmel. I also have two Kenku on the island, summoning the image of a scuttled ship not far outside the cove. I even grander thinking, mate. Gremmel drops anchor. Him and most of the crew disembark to a sandy cove, where they see several of Mr. Dandy's Kenku, and a large human male with dark skin, roughly 60 years old, dressed very sexily. Thank you for saving us, Master Featherbeard. Our pleasure, Mr. Gremmel. You can see that all of the Kenku are very ragged. They look as if they've been in battle recently. Featherbeard himself seems to have been crying recently. What's wrong, mate? Featherbeard sobs. Two days after you left, Lord Privilegington's father and an armada of warships came to Crow's Point. And they arrested Mr. Dandy. <laughs> he was the best of us. <laughs> Mr. Dandy sacrificed himself. He held them off so that we could escape. He told Genuine to protect us. At that point, the man standing in the back of the cave steps forward. Yeah, Mr. Dandy was one down-ass boss. And I've never seen somebody kick and punch like that. Genuine was impressed. Mr. Dandy was going to try to get Genuine back home to his world. Don't get me wrong, I love this world. People never heard Pony before here. But I have to get back. The ladies in my world would never forgive me if I was gone for too long. He told me that there was a machine that took me from my world into this one. Well, it stands to reason that somebody has a machine to get me back. And this Lord Privilegington bullshit is fucking up Genuine's trip home. You be having a funny accent there, Mr. Genuine, but I understand what you're saying. I thank you for looking after me, Kenku brethren. A full day and a half passes before Featherbeard gets the okay from the Kenku scouts up top on the island. The Armada has finally left. After the all-clear is given and night has fallen, Genuine and the Kenku are invited aboard the USS Gertrude's dudes and offered safe passage to Duke's Court or wherever they see fit. The USS Gertrude's dudes, still appearing as a merchant ship, flies into the city of Duke's Court, two full days after last seeing Gertrude's dudes. Gremmel knows of a certain disreputable port where ships of ill repute or ships wanted by the law can find safe harbor without fear of the law. Welcome to Duke's Court, Master Genuine. I think you'll find this city ripe for a bard of your standing, mate. Yeah, Genuine thinks he can do just fine here. As Genuine and the rest of the Kenku prepare to disembark the ship, ready to explore the amazing city of Duke's Court, Gremmel pulls two stones of far speech out of his bag, hands one to Genuine and one to Featherbeard. Just so I can keep in contact with you, let me know if you encounter any trouble. I'm going to go search for Gertrude and her dudes. There's no telling what trouble that lot has gotten into. Gremmel bids Genuine and the Kenku farewell. He gives a few last orders to the crew. After exiting the ship, Gremmel scries on Tifi. As he's casting the spell, he sees that all of the party members are asleep. That's odd. I thought Tifi didn't be sleeping. As he continues to scry on the party, he can see that they're in a hotel in Des Moines. In fact, he knows this hotel. It's the Drowning Cat Inn. 
something doesn't feel right. He notices that Tifi has a device on his head with a wire coming through it. He can see Tifi squirming as if he's in pain somehow while in this dream state. At that point, Gremmel hears a demonic laugh, and that's all he needs. Gremmel takes off on foot as fast as his dwarven legs can carry him, sprinting towards the drowned cat inn. Gremmel summons all of his endurance. He makes it in record time for a dwarf. As he enters the lobby of the inn, he takes stock of the room and sees dozens of cultists, some seated where bar patrons were not too long ago, a couple of them serving themselves drinks behind the bar. All of their heads turn to see this paladin. They reach for their weapons. Gremmel smiles as he grabs the mace at his side, enters a battle stance, and speaks to his weapon. It's been a spell, eh, Benny, hasn't it? Gremmel Stonebreaker's mace ignites with a holy blue flame. Let us show this lot's Morden's sweet embrace. Gremmel darts forward. With alarming speed, caving in the skull of the first cultist, he swings again and crushes the face of a cultist sitting next to him. Cultist after cultist are cut down by this holy dwarven monster. Strike after strike, cultist blades deflect harmlessly off of Gremmel's armor. Each mighty swing of his mace Benny strikes down one, and in some cases two cultists. As Gremmel strikes down the final cultist, decorating this room in a macabre, corpse style, he hears the growling of five hounds coming down the stairs. These massive beasts appear more as small bears than they do dogs. Their physique is both muscly and sinewy at the same time. These hounds appear to be more nightmare than dog. Grimmel holds his mace as he's encircled by the five hounds. Grimmel's able to kill one hound immediately, but in doing so, another hound was able to sink its teeth into Grimmel's mace hand. Grimmel's been in harder fights, but he can't remember when. In the savage fight that ensued, Gremmel uses everything at his disposal to kill the hounds before they do the same to him. He kills one with the bone of a cultist that he slew moments earlier. One of the hounds takes a big hunk out of Gremmel's thigh. With his offhand, he brings down his mace, Benny, and breaks that hound's spine. Gremmel's able to dodge one dog's attack and maneuver his way to the stairs. The fourth dog lunges. Gremmel's able to catch its head in his hands and break its neck. The dog falls limp on top of Gremmel. Gremmel's able to throw off the hound's body and is able to get up the stairs and into the room where the hound's master is before the fifth and final hound can catch up to him. Gremmel kicks open the door. He has only a moment before the other hound sets upon him. The hound sinks its teeth deep into Gremmel's shoulder. Unfazed, Gremmel's able to reach his boot knife. He draws it with lightning speed and plunges it into the neck of the final hound. The hound doesn't let go immediately. He twists the blade, causing as much damage as he can. Blood begins to pour from the wound, spurting all over Gremmel's hand. He feels the hound's grip weaken, falls limp to his feet. With the last hound dead, Gremmel turns his attention to Gertrude's dudes. Gremmel tries to wake the party unsuccessfully. He goes downstairs, hoping to find a cultist still alive. To his luck, he's able to find one barely clinging to life. Tell me how I free my friends. Bleeding heavily and coming back to consciousness briefly, the cultist wets himself upon seeing the face of Gremmel, the man who killed a room full of his peers. You have to complete the ritual. Tell them. They can hear you. They can hear you. Please, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. They have to complete the ritual. What ritual? Speak, and you may live. It's in their world. It's in their world. They'll know. They'll know. All the clues are there. They just have to follow them. Just tell them they have to complete the ritual. And what else must be done? They can hear you. So just saying anything, say something, say something, play something for them that makes them want to come back. Aye. Thank you, lad. I deliver Moradin's grace upon you. And with that, a thick, meaty, dwarven hand breaks the cultist's neck. Once Gremmel gets to the room, Gremmel explains to the unconscious members what they have to do, that they have to complete the ritual. 
He hopes they can hear them. Gremble thinks long and hard about something else they can play. He gets on his stone of far speech. Hey, Genuine, are you there? Genuine's always here, baby. Got some ladies right here. Genuine, I need for you to play Pony. Now! You know, I got other songs in my library I could play. It doesn't always just have to be a pony. Genuine, I need it now! It's an emergency! Gremmel sets the rocky talkie down next to the party. Genuine asks for a lady to get off his lap, and then hears rustling on the other end. A couple of seconds pass. Genuine's pony emanates from Gremmel's stone of far speech. Gertrude's dudes begin to stir. They aren't awake, but their body seems to be moving rhythmically with the music. It's at that point Gremmel senses a fiendish presence enter the room. He turns around to see the fiendish mastermind behind this whole plot. Gremmel says a brief prayer to Morden, cleans the hound blood off his boot knife, and says to this master of nightmares, You done something right, stupid. Didn't nobody tell you not to fuck with Gertrude's dudes. With dagger in hand, Gremmel takes one dwarven step after another, approaching the fiendish figure in front of him. The fiend snaps his fingers. Gremmel Stonebreaker, honorable paladin of light, faithful servant of Morden, is painfully held in place. So, you're able to resist. <laughs> but you cannot move. You will watch me flay the flesh from your friends. At the same time, Gertrude and her dudes are completing the ritual and escaping the nightmare. All right. Can, can I roll for initiative? You absolutely can roll for initiative. All right. I'm going to try and get... <laughs> Gonk tries to leap... Assumes that uh, that the dream state is over, tries to leap to his feet, and falls flat on his uh, face, probably. So everybody has rolled for initiative. You guys are clearly ready to fight, but how is that happening? You guys are all in the prone position, on your back, these things are on your head. Gonk uh, has acted before he thought, but Malison is going to attempt to get to her feet. And uh, pull, uh, pull out dates, date rape revenge. What is that again? It's a mace. Okay. It shoots mace. It's not the mace. It's the mace. Yeah, the, the mace. Yeah. <laughs> it actually shoots maces into. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, so we're all saying the same thing. I think we're on the thirty-pound <laughs> medieval weapon just smacked me in the face at high velocity. Oh, I beg your pardon. And now my eyes stink. And it's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did uh, she doesn't pull out the I'm sorry uh, she pulls out the uh, the rape whistle okay okay what does and, that do and attempts to blow it uh, the sirens wait rape whistle um, everybody takes 1d4 sonic damage unless your ears are covered so your first action is to hurt us by all. our weird <laughs> helmets. Great. It's a great start, Gonk. No. You know I'm already I injured, but would have warned Gonk to cover his ears. Everybody else could probably go hang. Uh, but uh, yeah, everybody's taking one d4 sonic damage, okay. and the hey, how about that? It took four. It took three. And everybody does a wisdom saving throw with a DC of thirteen. <laughs> it's an interesting first move. Okay, so uh, everybody who failed, you're now dead. <laughs> you just killed us all. No, no, no. All it is is just a it's a fear effect. You're now terrified of uh, Mal and her dreaded whistle. Oh, that doesn't affect any of us then, kind of. Probably not. Well, it, well we're all afraid of her anyway. Like we're not going to attack not, Malison no, no. All now. it is is that you have disadvantage if you attack her. And we can't move closer to her. Yeah, you cannot move in any direction. That So if Malison is... is up at the enemy, you can't advance towards exactly. the enemy. Exactly. 
But well, it kind of sucks. This is the day I was going to kind of ask her out. Yeah, so now yeah. I'm in too intimidated. <laughs> uh, you don't hook up with coworkers. Man. You know the trouble. Well, I passed means. mine, thank goodness. I failed mine. How except it? one creature, uh, except for except for Freddy, who had to roll against 15. He I mean, said your whistle has no effect. Well, then we're going to have to take you to the station. Freddy was hey. so busy watching you attack the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't bother. Freddy is immune to fear. Ooh. Oh, dang it. Okay. Wah, wah. All right. Nice try, though. I mean, it was a solid move. Did he even cause, like, 1d4 damage to Freddy? <laughs> he actually gave him 1d4 extra health. <laughs> I mean, one. One damage. One of damage. Freddy got his feelings hurt. So you terrified us, did, like, Is that the sequel to Freddy got fingered? all of us. Freddy was maniacally laughing, <laughs> staring at Gremel Stonebreaker, loyal first mate to Gertrude's dudes, mm-hmm. as he writhed in agony and... So you can imagine his surprise when a loud shriek pierces the room from the corner from where Gertrude's dudes were, where he thought he had them trapped in a nightmarish hellscape. Nice. What are you doing awake? You've completed the ritual. Nobody's ever completed the ritual. You've let mother out, I bet. Just trying to scare ourselves more. Malison like looks, gives uh, uh, Freddy a, a steely glare and goes, what? Can, can Lothario just, like, sit back in bed and, like, lay down and turn and face the yeah, wall? Kevin, Kevin actually says, another bad dream, eh? And he goes back to sleep. <laughs> in response to Malice and Freddy is rubbing his ears. He takes one of the long metal claws kind of, like, in his ears. He's like, what? <laughs> what? That whistle is very loud. Are those bugles on your fingers? They look tasty. <laughs> oh, you'll get to taste. Tiffy, you are up. All right, uh, TV. Hey, do you have some kind of whistle that can damage all of us? Yeah. <laughs> you think you could scare and hurt all of us before we start fighting this nightmare creature? I'm really sorry, guys. I don't have any uh, area effect spells. I can only uh, focus fires. As a bonus action, I will cast uh, Spiritual Weapon at level three. At Malison? <laughs> uh, spiritual Weapon at level three. Which means I can uh, hopefully do 2d8 plus 4 damage. And what form does this spiritual weapon take? This is going to take the form of... Of a rape whistle. (laughs) (laughs) A green lantern. (laughs) Shite, I always hate this part. Um, It's going to take the form of something nerdy. Let's say uh, some... uh, Weirdo Yankovic. It's glasses. Pince nays. (laughs) What? What was that? Nobody knows that word here. That's how nerdy it is. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's 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 a giant uh, pair of pince nez as uh, floating above uh, uh, Freddy. So it's a crepe of some sort? What are those? Yeah. Or dessert? Those are the glasses that pinch onto your nose with no (laughs) ear things. It's uh, they're Morpheus glasses. Yeah. Oh, well, then just say Morpheus class. Morpheus <laughs> classes. <laughs> it's less, it's so your spiritual weapon's Morpheus classes. Which is even a nerdier way of saying And that. the spiritual weapon lame streak continues. <laughs> okay, the weapon is summoned. Yeah. Wow. A, okay, uh, a giant pair of glasses appears in front of... Uh, Morpheus glasses. Morpheus, Morpheus glasses, glasses appears to the right of Freddy, who is on the wall. What type of lame-ass attack is this? All right, now it's going to roll to a hit. Fail. That's a two. But that was my bonus action as my uh, 
But then as my action, where was it? I was going to cast... He also has uh, bad judgment, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Casting bad judgment? <laughs> His fear of good judgment. Oh, Bane. That's right. I'm going to cast uh, Bane. Uh, Can we hear the voice again? A charisma. <laughs> I no. learned this rule today. You cannot cast two spells in a round. Uh, your, your bonus action... Even if it's a bonus action and an action? Yeah, I found that out today. I, I, had to, I had to go read the rules and look that up. Uh, uh, I like that. How far are we into this? And the DM is still learning the rules. This There's a lot amazing. of rules. Oh, and dragons. Sorry, I was uh, reading the wrong rule set. <laughs> if it was a cantrip or something, we, we could do it. But Yeah. All right, I'm just going to swing my mace hey. now that I can't do two spells anymore. <laughs> How do I do that? How do yeah. I attack? You yeah, just got a badass mace, man. <laughs> By the way, time. you did wake up from a long rest. TV, roll me a D100. TV recently got a mace, the Mace of Dwarven Kind. Part of this mace's ability is that it grants many of the racial advantages that dwarves have, including increased constitution, dark vision, and the ability to grow a sweet beard. TV, what did you roll? A 37. All right. 37? You guys are noticing a little bit of rust on uh, on the bottom of teeth of like a, it's 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 starting to form Jesus like Christ. a little bit of rust just just around Teefy's bottom jaw uh, up above his lip too. But, but it looks good though. Yeah. He got a weapon that has good. plus one to facial hair. That's funny. Does that roll out of a hundred or something? Yeah. Or? yeah per, this is a per day thing. So every morning when you wake up, so you guys, uh, you guys in the middle of combat, you guys have noticed a lot of things. But is that rust on Tifi's face? Eventually, he's gonna look like ZZ Top. <laughs> Tifi Top. That's Tifi Top. That's amazing. Okay, uh, I'm gonna just swing this mace. Stop rolling like that. You fucking <laughs> awkward here. That's all right. Roll. I got an eighteen. That hits. That hits. One d six plus five. Okay, Freddy dies. Move <laughs> back away from him with the rest of my movement. Because I had to move up to him. I'm going to move some more away from him after I hit him. Where did Malison move? I don't need to figure out if you can move towards. Uh, she did not move. Oh, okay. <clears throat> she just woke up. Tweet! <laughs> <laughs> attack of opportunity sounds nice. Like, attack of kindness. Yeah, right. <laughs> Someone just hugs you. He rolled a nat 20. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, what's that total at? Uh, no, I'm just it's, kidding. It's going to be 25. <laughs> oh, darn it. So close to being able to avoid that. My armor class is so high. Uh, so, so it's a 14 plus so the modifier. 14. So he does 16 damage to Tifi. Ow. Tifi goes in, uh, is able to strike Freddy with his mace. It's not a great blow, but it certainly does damage. Freddy winces. As Tifi retreats, though, Freddy is able to take one of his sharp bladed hands off the wall and rake his hands across Tifi's back. Just and shave some of that rust off his face. <laughs> Man, I can't believe uh, throwing a giant pair of glasses at him didn't work. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's so weird. TV. I was going to go with someone else, and then someone said I had to do something nerdy, so I did. All right? All right? I'm sorry. Bad improv. Where Tifi's mace hit Freddy's arm, it has torn up the sweater a bit. Uh, it actually broke the skin. You can see some blood uh, starting to soak through. You fool. Do you have any idea what you've done? Freddy snaps his fingers. I need all of you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Fellas, if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a quinceanera. You're a lady now. Who didn't beat a 15? I, I rolled to, a 15. I tied. I'll count it. That counts. Boom. Tie Neither brothers. Nonk nor tie boys. Okay. Mm. Uh, Malison um, rolled a two. She's and Gertrude tough. rolled a 18. Ooh, Malison swallows her whistle. 
all of you will regret ever getting in the way of those who worship Ball and Freddy. Freddy Mercury. And he snaps his fingers. Please tell me he has an amazing mustache. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can we see his overbite? His teeth are messed up? <laughs> no, he's supposed to have... Instead of a red and green striped sweater, it should be a red and green striped tank top. Mm-hmm. He keeps oh. saying Scaramouche. <laughs> when he snaps his fingers, all of you feel an assault on your mind. Uh-oh. All of you feel drowsy for a second. You feel the overwhelming need to lay your head and back down and go to sleep. All of you are able to resist falling asleep with the exception of Kevin, Gonk, and Malison. So so actually by failing, I actually won. I get to go back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Freddy uh, does that, and he skitters up to Tifi and is going to attempt to attack him with his claw. He rolled an, a 23. Uh, uh, as a reaction, I cast Shield, uh, making my AC go up to 25, and he misses. I'll have your screaming in terror for that," he says as his claw. After his claws rebound off of a magical barrier, Tifi erects just in the nick of time to avoid <laughs> damage. I'm oh, sorry, that was hilarious. <laughs> Nobody else. Dave likes the word erect. <laughs> or just the fact that he erected in the nick of time. <laughs> feel good for him, you know. <laughs> Quick boner. Gertrude, you are up. Gertrude's about to be the most uh, competent she's ever been in combat today. <laughs> I postulate. Gertrude might single-handedly kill Freddy this turn. I don't know. Clint's uh, pretty good at playing characters. She, uh, she, <laughs> he's, he's really good at getting in the role. Gertrude coughs up a lot and says, Looks like it's time to save my dudes again. Her bonus action, she's going to Hunter's Mark this. Okay, then here she has two shots. Um, so she, you cast Hunter's Mark on Freddy? Yeah. Hunt, you're my mark. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. She wants my nightmares. Uh, and then... Her... The voice, I feel like they're related. Yeah. <laughs> 19. To, that uh, hits. Break. The first one is going to be um, 11 damage. Ooh. 11 damage, okay. And then another bow attack. Uh, same thing. Plus, and nine more damage. Despite not being able to move her legs, despite blood leaking uh, from holes that she doesn't remember uh, going to sleep with. And despite being generally unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Normally I try to seduce you, but you're even grosser than me. (laughs) (laughs) She says as she stands up, takes a drag off her menthol, knocks two arrows in one shot, and fires them. One arrow strikes Freddy right in the shoulder, the second in his lower intestine, uh, uh, just left of center mass of his body. Uh, Right in my bad diverticulitis spot. Yeah, I can smell that wound. He winces in pain. As he does this, though, anybody who's awake right now, roll me a religion check. I uh, rolled a 19 plus 4, 23. Eight. Lothario, you're like, well, sweet shots. (laughs) This dude looks ugly. (laughs) After the arrow that punctured his intestines hits, you notice exiting the wound, black, tar-like, and you notice right after the arrow punctured, for only a second because you rolled so high, you notice a little bit of flame kind of come out of the womb for a second. Whoa. God damn, it's another Tums commercial. Do I happen to know Uh, what kind of creature he is from this religion check? You know that that is typical of somebody who is either demonic or perhaps devil origin. Uh, That is one of the signs. Having some sort of infernal ancestry. So you could suspect that this creature is a fiend. Mm, I suspect this man's a fiend, y'all. 
Look, he got some flaming black gunk coming out his uh, lower uh, colon. And uh, I mean, I know we've all been <laughs> yes, to, and we've all been to Chipotle before, but <laughs> y'all, this don't look normal. Gonk wishes he could have heard that because when he opens up his eyes, he does not see the room around him. He doesn't see the party members. He doesn't see the rest of Gertrude's dudes. He doesn't see Malison. What he does see is two giant Aarakocra men laughing at him in the distance, almost like the two old men from the Muppets in the yep. balcony. Uh, he knows these as the Aarakocra brothers, two very <laughs> characters that Caleb Cleveland wished into existence in an early episode. This is like the um, Coke brothers? He's, sort of, yeah. You're tied up. You're hanging over uh, a bunch of giant crabs, a giant bucket of crabs. There is uh, a hook painfully through your shell, Ooh. through your shoulder. Go ahead and take 10 damage. Oh my gosh. Real damage? Real damage. Jesus. In the real world, you notice blood coming from Gonk's shoulder as he's sleeping. Oh no. Can Gonk, like, is he like, like, uh, like wrestling with something fitfully in his dreams or something like that? You notice one of the Aarakocra brothers as, and this is a giant bird, somebody who has done real damage to your life in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, both physically and your reputation and a lot of other ways. Grabbing another hook, he is going to attempt to pierce you again through your other shoulder. I need for you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Another wisdom. Okay, gotcha. All right. Oh, uh, I got a 17. Gong starts shaking violently as this other hook's approaching us. He's doing the Hulk Hogan. Uh, Gong starts entering, Gong starts getting upset. No, you feather bastards ain't real. And as the adrenaline. Birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. (laughs) What even are birds? And as the adrenaline builds in his system, he's able to shake himself awake. Gong, it wakes up in the prone position, filled with rage. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say that you have gotten a free rage. You have not burned your bonus action. You are awake, but you are in the prone position. Free rage. And remember, you do suffer disadvantages from damage taken. movement is halved, as you said. In previous dreams. Yes, so if you want to move, it would take half of that movement just to stand up. Okay. Uh, Gonk would definitely, like, shaking his head violently, trying to stay awake, slapping himself, slapping his cheeks. Uh, He struggles to his feet. Uh, limping, he is going to charge towards the, uh, towards, uh, Freddie Mercury. If I move more than 10 foot in a straight line, I can attack. Freddie finds himself confronted with a Warforged cleric to his front and an angry turtle barbarian who he assumed was asleep uh, and being tortured to death not moments ago, to his back. And some oversized pince-nays behind him. Eh? Oh, yeah. He doesn't consider that a threat. It wasn't even on the list. <laughs> because Freddy's honestly, a, who would? 2d8 plus more damage if it hits. We'll, saying, we'll no see it when it happens, right? <laughs> Kevin, you wake up drowning in a giant saucer of milk. You... This is how I've always wanted to go. <laughs> Your heavy armor makes it extremely difficult to stay up. You notice something at your feet. Something brushes against you. It's furry, it's soft, and then it scratches you. You feel a bunch of scratches all over. Eventually, you see some of these creatures come to the top. They are cats, thousands of them, in this pool. And they are all fighting you. They're all trying to swim their way over to claw and bite at you. You notice little scratches appearing all over Kevin's body in the real world. 
And on top of that, you see, looks like Lothario, but he has darkly evil eyes, fiendish eyes. And he looks down at Kevin. Like doll's eyes. He looks down at Kevin and he says, <laughs> Why are you even hanging out here, Kevin? Get out of here. No one likes you. Get out of here, Kevin. Leave, white fa- Kevin. <laughs> uh, you notice a little bit of blood. I'm not done. Uh, You're so stupid, Kevin. You're dumb. No one likes your breath. You always smell like milk and, and, and a little bit of poo. He's actually saying this in the real world over my sleeping body. Yeah. <laughs> and like Freddy's like, oh, that's good. That's good. Everyone's looking at me. He's like, no, no, this is how I wake him up. This is, this is our thing. Notes. It's Lothario's heel turn. <laughs> um, Kevin, you take five points of uh, slashing damage. And you take five points of, of hurt of, <laughs> of hurt feelings. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, first, Kevin's going to look and say, I've had it with these motherfucking cats on this motherfucking plane of existence. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. These three-act jokes. They're, fucking, they're getting me. A natural one. On a natural one, all of a sudden, a bunch of other paladins who are wearing the mark of, of Saint Edesius. Yep. You did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin it. I'm going to fucking have all of you curse me. You see several other paladins wearing the mark of Saint uh, Edesius, standing above Kevin, like laughing at, like laughing at him with Lothario. He, he was, was a terrible paladin. We didn't even <laughs> like him. We, we just sent him to go all over. <laughs> Look at this asshole dying in milk. Kevin takes twenty more points. Of Holy twenty shit. points! Oh my god! There are a lot of people not in this dream. They're gonna fuck Freddy up. <laughs> milk bitch! Uh, you You're a milk bitch! Kevin's body. You see, like a kind of a tear rolling down Kevin's cat eyes <laughs> as, he's, as he's asleep. He's kind of rolling over. No, 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 no. That's what my cat sounds when you pick him up. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> look up a little milk. Yeah, that part's nice. Uh, no, the milk's sour. <laughs> no, no. Wait, this is normal. Uh, more scratches this is continue normal. to accumulate on Kevin's, uh, the parts of his body that are exposed from the armor. Lothario, you are up. Oh, uh, I was going to say, didn't I have a second crossbow? You have two crossbows. You have a plus one crossbow, and you have that awesome pl- repeater crossbow that can shoot three shots. But you Got it. Yeah, yeah. Can I move? Um, I'm going to try to maximize that and try to take as many shots as I can. Okay, your first shot, because he is engaged, will have sneak attack damage. Your second two will not. And advantage. Do it. So 13, 19, and 17. With your bonuses, those will all hit. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. We we suck at rules, folks. Yeah, uh, just if we're gonna get most of them wrong most of the time, but that's fine. We're having fun, and you're having fun listening. That's it's right. All about fun. <laughs> and if you're gritting your teeth listening to this episode, thinking, "Man, they fucked up the rules." Please message your address to Dave Callen so he can fly to your state and beat your ass. <laughs> Jesus, in a Christ. race. So uh, in, in a race. <laughs> Uh, Lothario from his corner stands up, steadies his uh, pump-action crossbow, and fires three bolts in quick, very precise succession. He fires a tight three-shot shot shot group into Freddy's chest, doing massive damage. Uh, The first one catching him off guard, so you can actually see blood exit the backside of him. You don't see the bolt exit, but there clearly was an exit wound. That fire blood? (sighs) Nice. You do do see fire. So would Gonk be scared of it a little bit? 
Uh, yeah, if oh. Gonk saw fire, Gonk would be a little afraid. Oh, or... Gonk might not have noticed. He's in a rage, and you had to yeah. roll a high right. history roll to see it before. Gonk, roll me a perception check. A oh. high roll will work against you. <laughs> Great. Did I saw nothing. Gonk <laughs> saw nothing. He was like, uh, what, what was Colonel Clink's sidekick's name? I see nothing. Yeah, he was a fat Nazi. That's me. <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot. Guys, <laughs> jerks. Chud, you're up. Okay. Um, is are any of us like incapacitated right now by Freddy? Like asleep still? Yes. Three, yes. Davis. Okay. No, two of you. Gonk or Is there a way that I could wake them up, like with dispel magic or something? You could blow a whistle. <laughs> yeah. Certainly try. If I cast dispel magic, can I cast it on both of them or only one? One of them. Read me the wording of dispel magic. Okay. Choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range. So then, definitely more than one. All right. Well, I'm going to try to cast Lightning Bolt at him. It's a uh, attack save. It says a 15 dexterity save. A stroke okay. of lightning uh, forms a 100 feet long, 5-foot-wide blast. You rolled a natural 20, so he saves. Okay. So, so creature half damage. takes half damage. Um, but Lightning Bolt's a no-joke spell. Yeah. Yeah. 86. Love Jesus. it. 33, half of that is 16. 17, 16. I just blasted him with a lightning bolt and then turned invisible. Chud is invisible. Before that, he puts his hand back like he's about to do a Kenan Ryu Hadouken. Mm. Uh, brings his hands forward and a bolt of lightning erupts from Chud's fingertips when he extends his arms. Freddie Mercury sees it coming, however, and is able to keep it from hitting the main parts of his body. However, it does scorch his face and neck uh, as he dodges it, doing 16 points of damage. All the scar tissue on his face, a lot of it's black. You can see exposed meat and muscle Ooh. on his neck and cheek. You can see his teeth yeah. through there. Wow. So yeah, I blast him with a lightning bolt and I scream out, Shock the monkey, y'all! <laughs> <sighs> and then I turn invisible. You'll pay for that for bulk. Back to the top of the order, Malison. Malison finds herself on a giant beer pong table. She is <laughs> unable to move. All around her, she sees drunken caricatures of frat guys playing beer pong on the table. <laughs> smile more, smile yeah. more, yeah. smile more. They're throwing these giant ping pong balls. These ping pong balls seem very light to these frat guys. Whenever they hit the table, they feel like medicine balls crashing from a high distance, like somebody threw them off of a second story building. One of the medicine balls lands on Malison's right leg, dealing 10 bludgeoning damage. Ow. <laughs> oh, what, I got your whistle, lady. This thing's real pretty. What do you use this for, lady? Malison, roll me a wisdom saving throw. DC 15. She makes it. That is correct. Excellent. Well, she rolled a 15. Uh, one of the frat guys bends down with his tongue out. I'm going to lick her face, bro. <laughs> and Malison starts struggling harder as she can. Uh, she closes her eyes, concentrates for a second, takes a deep breath, finds her center, calms herself. When she opens her eyes, she finds herself not in that dream world. She finds herself in the room that she was in moments ago. Uh, she's in the prone position. What does Malison do? She pops out a golf ball and, <laughs> or a fucking ping, ping pong ball. She whispers, no means no. And uh, yeah, uh, she's going to uh, grab her mace and uh, stride purposefully over to um, Freddy and take a swag at him. Definitely misses unless uh, an 11 hits. 11 does not hit. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, that one's a 21. That hits. That does hit. You got a, a critical miss. Roll the one. Roll the one. She accidentally hits Chud. <laughs> and then, Ow. yes, she would like to action surge, either to pick up her weapon or to attack a fifth time. Uh, Malison wakes up in a rage. She strides forward going, no means no. And then she, <laughs> and then connects with the mace. With her first swing, Freddy easily dodges. This is her second swing. She's able to make contact, striking Freddy right in his recent lightning damage. You see chunks of his meat fly away. <laughs> For her third blow, she swings her mace and actually ends up losing her balance and dropping her shield. It would require an action next turn to pick gotcha. it up again. But she is able to swing and make contact with Freddy several more times. Uh, Malison makes two more strikes, one striking Freddy in the ribs, the other in his right thigh, sending Freddy crying out in pain. <sighs> There'll be more frat guys the next time, I promise. Malison looks at him straight in the eye and goes, Dream on. <laughs> Good line. Nice. I'm enjoying this banter. <laughs> it's snappy. Tifi, you are up. All right. Okay. Um, Tifi is going to use uh, the good old uh, Inflict Wounds at level three. Um, Potentially devastating. It can be. I'm going to use Rust to give me a help action. You know, Rust exists for more than just to give you an advantage of attack. (laughs) Rust exists to be a companion, to (laughs) to fill story elements. They're (laughs) a fully realized creation. I want you to look Clint. at what Hudson's doing and take notes. <laughs> hey, but I'm literally is... looking at Hudson like, why don't you ever help me like that? I'm always helping you do worthless bullshit, he says. You want more cookies? <laughs> okay, that's Hudson's great. empathically on his phone. <laughs> 17 uh, plus, where is it? That hits. Yeah. In a move that Tiffy and Rust have perfected at this point. Yeah. This is their I, fastball special. Yeah, Seriously. Rust flies straight for Freddy's face, pulling away just at the edge of his reach, five feet in front. Freddy brings his hand up to deflect what is a speeding bird towards his face. He does not see Tifi's hand come up and place it upon Freddy's face. You see lesions just open up. You see parts of his bones start to decay. You see black necrotic flesh begin to emerge from the epicenter of TV's handmark, which was covering the lower portion of his face. Teeth are falling out. Good lord, he's on meth. They're not his either. He's he They're going to have to call damage. him Mr. Fahrenheit. 33 necrotic damage. <laughs> he says as it's becoming harder and harder for him to speak. He drops to one knee. Fools, you have no idea who I am. And he snaps his finger once again. Everybody roll me a wisdom saving throw. 14. Uh, Doubt Gertrude's wisdom is 4. She rolled 11 plus, whatever, so. Oh, yeah, she would not have a plus 4. I think I came close to tying. I rolled a 2. Oh, Oh, (laughs) so only Gertrude. Gonk made it. Malson went under again. Uh, No, I I rolled a 14. 14? Okay. So most of my. That's exactly um, what I still have my spiritual weapon bonus action. Your spiritual. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and roll. I rolled a 19 plus... Plus a bunch, uh, that hits, don't worry. A bunch. It hits. <laughs> One, two, skip forget. a few. Go ahead. Give it your best shot, you lame-ass spiritual weapon. <laughs> we'll wait to see how much damage it does before I comment. <laughs> Stupid Morpheus glasses. 15 damage. <laughs> 15 damage? All right, uh, the glasses just kind of look at him mockingly, and all of a sudden, one of the lenses just snap- takes some light and uh, magnifies it. And <laughs> yeah, I was thinking light. that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this spiritual weapon finds a point. Oh, God 
damn it. All right. <laughs> uh, this spiritual weapon finds the point in the room oh. and is able to find the perfect angle and is able to contort the lens into such a way as to focus this light. Can we can we pause the the game for a second? Like the glasses for a second, like they they kind of like furrow in concentration and you can like see equations like flying across <laughs> in front of the glasses as it like calculates the exact angle to burn this fucker. Man, that's <laughs> fancy. Are those Google glasses? <laughs> An incredibly mathematically advanced set of glasses you have, TV. Just a spiritual. Another, another glass hole. Question, what type of damage does a spiritual weapon do? The yeah. spicy damage. Because the way you worded this attack, I might argue that tickle damage. this would be a fire attack. <laughs> Can it be tickle damage? Yeah, definitely. Even, even though it looks like it actually, it, no. Despite all the flavor we force throw damage. into it, it's still force. Force, force. Yeah. force damage. Okay. Somehow then, forceful. Then this, yeah. this, it's a celestial <laughs> thing. This light hits him, and all of a sudden, it feels like uh, Mike Tyson just punched <laughs> Freddy in the face. Like it's like, oh man, that sunlight packs a punch. It's like Cyclops' eyeballs. Exactly. You know, it, it's force damage. Yeah, Freddy thinks the glasses are fleeing, but it concentrates light. Your fire just punched me in the face. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it gets punched in the face by light, blood, and whatever few teeth he had remaining in his mouth fly out. <sighs> I will eat all of your dreams and nightmares. He's uh, a might bit peckish. So, did he uh, snap the fingers? Yeah, do all he, that he shit. Did, yeah, he did. It's, it's uh, Gertrude's turn now. Gertrude. Uh, Gertrude finds herself back home in the Feywild. Uh, she finds herself in a classy elven double wide. With no smoking <laughs> signs everywhere. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's a cute pink flamingo uh, you have out front. Gertrude doesn't see herself as she is now. She sees herself as a 10-year-old girl. Uh, she's, she's banging on the door. Or the equivalent of an Aladrin. Daddy, where are you? As Gertrude feels this fear is banging on the door, she opens up the door, but she's not greeted by her father. She's greeted by the one thing that chills her to the bone. A clown is in front of her, red and white face paint all over, big multicolored wig on its head, huge fangs, it's dripping saliva, gooey, thick. And this monster quickly reaches its head out and bites Gertrude's shoulder. Ooh. You see blood escape Gertrude's shoulder in real life. Go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw for Gertrude. Yeah, pass. After taking this damage, Gertrude in real life with a cigarette in her mouth goes, ah, but when she does it, the cigarette <laughs> falls onto her face, onto her cheek. She uh, burns herself. That, that burning feeling on her cheek is enough to wake her up. She opens her eyes and escapes from this clown hell that she found herself in. Nice. Moments. Lucky, lucky. Oh, Gonk, you are up. Yeah. All right, so 16, 15, and... Th- All right, that's a 16. That hits. All right, roll me some damage. You got it. <clears throat> All right, so we got... On the first one, we got... Are you attacking one-handed? No, attacking... T- oh! I- I'll give it to you one-handed. It's just a, a smaller damage dice. All right, that's fine. All right, it's, a, it's a heavy, awkward weapon, I'd say. So 1d8 for all these attacks. Okay. But you still get your damage modifier. And all. Correct, correct. Okay, so that would be a... That's five. <clears throat> so that's a 14 for the first one. 14. And for the second one, that is a 12. Uh, that's another 13. Gonk is just roaring incoherently, thrashing his uh, giant cutlass around. How do you want to do this? He is just—he's just going ham on uh, on Freddy here. He is uh, just hacking right, left, and center. Uh, if the—I'm going to say like the cutlass like sticks uh, in the wall with all the black tarry ichor or ichor that is uh, leaking and splashing from all the wounds. Uh, he grabs Freddy. 
uh, chomps onto him with his with his uh, his huge sharp beak and just rips him in half. Ah, uh, that is beautiful. I I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, Gonk, you were able to see rage personified when you see this turtle. Each breath, you can see the heavy steam coming out of his nostrils before. Oh, I keep forgetting. I didn't even mention that part of that damage was electrical. There is there is like you guys can actually feel your hairs sort of like standing on end. My little rust beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can sort of like on Tifi, you can sort of see like the Saint Elmo's fire, sort of like glistening around the the periphery of his uh, of his m- metal frame. Your rust five o'clock shadow. <laughs> Calm down. Hey, this is the most hair Tifi has ever had in Just his entire walk, life. He's very proud of. He she walk is back. Very the, proud of this. Walk back the beard there, bro. Just pump the brakes. <laughs> Uh, I think he, I think he's gone. I think he did. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Yeah. Well done, though. Well done. We should probably look out for black tentacles. You that, actually, that for those of you that were present, I, I want to just a little bit of flavor. For those of you that were uh, present during the Halloween episode, you saw a glimmer of this like level of exertion and rage when Gonk emerged from the Ferris wheel cart uh, and uh, after he had been. Uh, Destroyed the uh, after he uh, defeated the uh, the dream clown. Well, speaking of the dream sequence, yeah, as soon as Freddy goes down, everybody who was asleep was in this nightmarish world wakes up to include Gremel, Chud, Malison, everybody. Everybody wakes up to hear the floor be getting pounded by this yeah. <laughs> by a turtle as he's just like reducing this creature to paste. Gremel wakes up and sees Gonk. I wake up from a nightmare panic like hey, Burger King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see you finished that one off for me, <sighs> Mr. Turtle. <sighs> yeah. Is, is sleeping always so bad? <laughs> I hate sleeping. I know it's, it can be quite a joy much of the time. I feel you got a bad uh, sample thanks to this shite, and he kicks some of the gooey bits that Gonk has uh, <laughs> not obliterated on the ground. Mal, like, uh, wins, or grimaces at the, at the sludge on the ground, and she's like, sleep. These little slices of death, how I loathe them. How profound. How are y'all feeling? Hold on, I gotta write that one down in the old po- in the old gonk book. You got a gonk book. I he feel a little hungover, personally. I think um, Lothario and I took a, a couple too much tabs of them. Is it pet tabs or pills? I don't even know. <laughs> I, we I took too much Molly, I'll tell yep. you. Yep, way and, too much. And I just dreamed of clowns and weird stuff. Horrible nightmares. I don't know if any of that was real, but that was, that was no dream, laddie. Oh, I uh, I heard you were in Des Moines. and went looking for you. Imagine <laughs> my surprise. That's right, we're in Des Moines, the hot, cool ass city of Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine be surprised when I found a bunch of these ball shites around your bodies. <laughs> what was this thing? Uh, this seems to be some sort of fiendish creature that fed off of the nightmares. Boy, you probably be a tough nice... one, Grimmel. You're a real tough hombre. You kill all of these things by yourself? He puts his hand up to his nose, covers one nostril, and blows blood out the other side. Well, I... These farmers blowing blood, y'all. <laughs> you should get that looked at. Cure. You haven't been doing any of that giant coke, have you? <laughs> oh, no, you got some? Oh, <laughs> uh, No. Who's asking? We are. We should be leaving this place. I've. Uh, uh, you should be getting word to. Uh, you should be getting word to whatever the closest paladin order is. They'd be wanting to know there were. Kevin's uh, got a paladin order. Oops, used to. 
It's okay, <laughs> mate. I used to have a paladin order too. We might want to get the paladin over here, or perhaps some uh, clerics, to cleanse the uh, taint, taint of ball out of these sewers, even out of these rooms. <laughs> Whatever the fiendish have touched, you got to go over it twice, once or twice, with fire a third time if need be. Yeah, balls left a stain all over this place. Listen, by the way, Grandma, a couple of members of our party have uh, developed some new phobias. Uh, anything you could do about the fear of fire or dark or yeah, clowns. whatever this thing was, it lasted a la- it left a lasting effect. Yeah, plus my arms really fucked up. In my dealings in the underdark, I've dealt with forces that uh, played with your sanity a bit. What always worked for me and my party back in my younger adventuring years was finding a healer of sorts, somebody who could uh, cast a restoration spell, somebody mm. who could uh, bring you back for your full fighting strength. Well, we gonna have to poke around town for that. Maybe, Lothario, you know anywhere we could go for a restoration spell? I don't know a couple places. There's a couple shops around here we can pop over. Nice. Uh, just then, your rocky talkie goes off. <laughs> go for Bingsley. Hello. Ah, hello, Chud. Um, it is imperative that we meet in the slums district. I have some information and possibly a mission for you. There's uh, been great developments that have, well, developed, and uh, we should meet up about those. Well, sir, I love when developments develop, and uh, we gonna definitely come visit you, but we gotta heal up first. We are real dinged up. Should. Why don't you ask him? I'm willing to bet he has the services of a fine healer. Oh, oh about yeah. Him. I'm willing to the Decemberists uh, are quite a well-connected organization. Hey, uh, Triple G, you got a, you got a services of a healer uh, that you could help us with? We are... Really, really messed up. And Ball we could, left uh, a stain upon our sockies. That's Gonk. He's he's hurt too. Ah. Uh, you're you're dealing with Ball already. Um, yes, of course we have healers in our network. Um, but you're out of network, so it's gonna be a copay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll mosey over to you. Where you at? As I said, the slums district. You, I will. Sounds nice. Gather some healers if you are in uh, bad. Uh, state. Yeah, let's go over to the toilet district and yeah. go get healed up. That sounds like it's gonna go real yeah. weird. You say you're in the sewers right now. Yeah, let's leave the yeah, sewers. No, yeah, no, go ahead and call the slum district dirty. <laughs> That's fine. No, yeah, the slums is dirty. I didn't mean no dispersions. I apologize. You're in Des Moines. That's not you. Don't feel free to uh, stay in the shit district rather than coming to the slum district. <laughs> no, no, no judgment. No, no, no. We, this entire underground sewer place is sure nice. We're gonna be right there. Uh, I'm hanging up now. Goodbye. We'll see you shortly. Hold on, let me star 69 him. <laughs> oh, you're already hung up. Apologies. Uh, we'll just see him shortly. Yeah, we I know s- the place in the slums district he's referring to. All right. Well, whew, I'm tired. I guess we got to trudge over to the slums. The very last thing I am right now is tired. Follow me, How's everyone's health? I, I could cast some cure wounds on a, a few of us. Gremel offers to heal as well with some lay on hands. He just goes about goes about uh, with his large lay on hands pool of points. He oh goes around topping folks off. All of you guys who had uh, mutilated limbs and everything, we need you'll find that even though That's... that even though the flesh has been healed, your functionality of the limb is not fully okay. there yet. Gotcha. Ball leaves a mark. The big old chode stain. All right. I see a lot of you have trouble moving. I'll help you. Transport yourself. The slum district's not too far from here once we reach the surface. We'll just give him something to lean on. 
Rummel Stonebreaker guides you guys to the surface. He helps you get up the ladder for the manhole, helps squeeze Gonk's wide shell through this manhole. Hey, hey, hey now. It's not as wide as everybody. It's I'm not watching where my hands are. I thought, you, I thought having a large shell was a point of pride amongst you people. Well, yeah, well, not when, not when I'm amongst you narrow, dull-building sons of so-and-sos. <laughs> uh, Gremel chuckles to himself as he guides you guys through the slums district. Lothari, you've noticed that the slums district has changed a lot since <clears throat> last time you were yeah, in the court. Guys, it feels like they've been gentrifying the slums a little bit. Other way around. Oh, uh, you know, guys, it feels like the slums have been gentrifying gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> Is even they're even slummier than before. You notice there's a lot more people here now. You notice that uh, some of the neighborhoods around that uh, used to be solid middle class neighborhoods have fallen into the become part of the slums. There was district. a strip wow. mall here before, but then they stripped it. Furthermore, you notice where there used to be just homes of people who worked hardworking, unskilled jobs in the kingdom. You notice that before they at least had a home that they they could call themselves. Now you see, uh, looks like sometimes two families to an to a living abode. Things are a lot more cramped here. There's a lot more people on the street. Whereas Des Moines kind of remained the same. If anything has improved a little bit, the slums part of Duke's Court has not. It's gone the other way. Ooh. Getting a real good look at the people as you pass. Everyone has a cough <laughs> or like yeah. some hacky laugh. <laughs> a lot of you suspect a lot of tuberculosis. Yeah. Even, and it's not just humans. As you pass different races, as you pass the Dwarven Quarter, and even uh, the Halfling Quarter. Uh, is most of this above ground? I mean, where are we? It, it, oh, no, you are above ground. Be we don't see any, like, blue, those blue veins or conduits. You see, just like you would see streetlights, there are streetlights all over. They look a lot loud. You know that they are powered by the blue conduits, but those blue conduits are not exposed. They're within the uh, metal encasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did see uh, people installing the lights in other parts of the city, so you know that uh, just underground, you know that these lines are run through the sewer to get from point A to point B, and they just pop up to provide power to different locations. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but yes, you do see uh, various uh, steampunk, early technology gotcha. things. And uh, we learned that that blue stuff that's in the lines like sort of dampens magic, right? That's what we learned. The sample that I got, which may or may not be the same as other stuff, it's been established it's possibly not the same as everything else that's powering stuff. But similar, but it different. would weaken magic users right. and that sort of thing mm-hmm. if they were around it, right? That's the, the one that I have. Right. The the new. So I don't know if we can assume that the, the new blue lights are affecting these people in the slums or not. Why well, it's almost like they're trying to replace magic with something that people would be more dependent on. Hmm. It's crazy, right? I know, right? Crazy. Aye, it's crazy. Gremmel takes you down an alley. He kind of motions for everybody to pass. As everybody does, you can see he's looking at all the rooftops to see if anybody's watching the party, following them. After everybody is through this tight alley, he joins you. He, it's tight, so he kind of has to squeeze his way past everybody. It's a little harder to squeeze his way past Gonk. But when he gets his... Everybody's got to say something. Uh, it's just a very girthy shell you have, mate. It's a compliment. Why, thank you. You see uh, brick walls, you see crates, you assume filled with trash in this alley. Gonk is putting his hands on the brick wall. Once he approaches the center point of the building, he starts running his hands about his eye level Mm -hmm. along the brick wall, moving slowly. I, where did it go? Where did it go? And until finally he puts his hand in one place and you hear a click. I, there we go. Kremel, you still got the touch. He moves one of the crates out of the way and you see a trap door has opened underneath this crate. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody in. I'll keep an eye out. Quick. All right. Let's jump in this hole, y'all. Look out below. Uh, it is a very dark room under there. So, I, quick question. <laughs> now that I have dark vision with my mace, how does that counteract fear of dark? You can see very well, but you... But still afraid you're still of surrounded right. by darkness. He's scared. Uh, so he lights a torch, which then freaks out God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I do. TV's one of the last ones lowered into the hole. Gremel gets in and closes the trap door and pulls the crate back over. The light has been sealed off. TV realizes that he is in pitch black, and in the back of his warforged robotic logical mind, he can't help but start to feel panicked. Um, I, I, I can see, but... Uh, Where's the... uh, Let me get my torch. You all right, Tiffy? Tiffy lights a torch uh, to be less afraid. That's better. Um, Malison recoils. As does Gonk. (laughs) Uh, uh, Malison and Gonk start trying to push their way through, uh, illogically trying to separate themselves from this fire. They are pushing themselves over Kevin, Lothario, Chud, uh, anybody who's in their way. Um, wow, y'all are. Co- co- what's going on, y'all? Why are you climbing can over I, us? Can I try a, like a wisdom saving throw, see if I can overcome it for a little while? You can. All right. And th- go ahead and roll one for Malison, too. Gotcha. Uh, oh, TV. Go ahead and roll one as well, if you'd like. No. Well, I'm, uh, I, I light my, lit my did torch. Did one and a good. four. Oh, okay. So yeah. That's a no. So Gonk, That's no. better. Gonk, no. Malison, no. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Gremel's able to, to catch up to you. What's wrong, mates? Oh. Uh, well, uh, he started freaking uh, out and then lit every, a torch and now fine. they're freaking I, I out. I lit my torch. Hey, it's just a little dark in here, but everything's fine now. Kreml pulls out a torch, puts his torch up. To everything's not torch, fine. No, it. no, no. Keep that away from me. What here? Grab one. We got a little ah. ways to go. Grab it, Gonk. No. Gonk runs away down the dark tunnel ah. with Malison in town. Gonk, where are you going? <laughs> Malison's like, like following him. Gonk, come back. Kreml turns to the rest of you. So this is what you've replaced cabbage with. This type of madness. You have the chance for an upgrade. Well, sometimes you just don't have a good substitute for cabbage. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, when there's coleslaw as an option, sometimes you'd rather have mac and cheese, but you just don't have it. So, uh, kimchi is very delicious. Kimchi is all right. I'm going to try to um, press to digitate some light down the tunnel. Okay. After them, some absolutely sparkly what, what, lights. Sparkly. Oh, so it looks like a like Fourth of July sparkler. Yeah, yeah. Some Fourth of July sparklers. Nah, do more like but, a rave. Uh, oh, more like fun. a rave. Yeah, Maybe glow lights if you want. Yeah, I think glow lights. That sounds good. When you guys are coming down off the molly. I think it'll be a nice little. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we'll light up the tunnel with some. Are those two afraid of the torch? Is that they seem to be afraid of fire? Yeah, probably because of the whole nightmare world. Yeah. Okay. Grumble, he puts the torch out on in the dirt beneath him. Oh, I was hoping he would, like, swallow it. TV, swallow this torch. Swallow the torch. <laughs> TV, put out your torch. We got to go find Gonk and Malison. There are traps up ahead. I have to go find them before they set anything off. Uh, how far did you guys go? Do you guys just start just running? Well, we run until it's like we're in the, the little, I guess, twilight area of the, the just beyond the the light of the torch, like maybe 10, 15, 20 feet. Okay. And then, uh, we'd start uh, very, very gingerly trying to figure a way. To, uh, he would pull out this uh, hooded lantern out of his backpack, crack it open, and go, uh, one of you, please, uh, could you light this for us, please? 
I gr- shortly after you say that, because it's not too far away, uh, you do you see uh, the light coming from Chud and Gremel catches up to you. Good thing I caught you. There are a few traps up here. Best let me take the lead, mates. He's like, all right, no, uh, that's fine. He still stands like five feet away from the lit torch. I appreciate it, me amphibious friend. Gremel takes the lead. Uh, you guys probably only go like 100, 200 feet. Uh, not terribly far, but when you get to the end of this tunnel, uh, there's a couple branches along the way, but uh, the way Gremel takes you, you don't, you don't turn, you just go straight. Uh, once you get to the end, he picks up the trap door that's above and instructs you guys, all right, climb through. Me first. Gonk, when you get to the top, you notice an immaculate cathedral. You could see that from the outside that some of the stained glass is broken. Windows are boarded up. You could, you could guess that from the outside, this place might look pretty shabby. But inside this cathedral that you're in, looks nice. Things are well kept. There's candlelight all over. You see a, a shrine to Timora in front of you. Oh. Mal pops up and goes, nice. When everybody comes up, they can see in the room Grayson Gersagar Galgari. They see Sean Sunseeker, Grayson's boss. He is a short Aarakocra man. He is a flightless Aarakocra because he is a Kiwi. He has a body type. I believe I said Smee from Disney's oh, animated uh, Peter Pan. Love he that. has kind of that egg, awkward shape movement and body. And I think we established that he's even dressed like Smee from the oh, cartoon. Awesome. Great to see you, Gertrude's dudes. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Well, we yeah, got, we quite, got, the, quite the journey through your slums. Nice to make your acquaintance, he oh. says a little shakily. Gonk. This, uh, these slums here, I say you've noticed. Lithoria, as I understand it, you're from this place. Have you noticed things change quite a bit? Yeah, a little bit. Seems like everyone's crammed. It's packed to the gills now. I hear it's not just hard here, but all over. But it took things getting bad. The December Society to finally find <clears> recruits. <throat> there are a lot of people who don't think uh, things are too equitable right now. To what? Too equitable right now. I'm sorry. One more time. Too equitable right now. Equitable. What's an equitable? It's when you oh. get naked. Thanos <laughs> is an equitable. <laughs> You've never played equitable. <laughs> equitable. Oh, oh, got it. Got it. Negativity. Can't get through that incredibly thick accent of here. <laughs> so what happened around these parts? How come the slums are slummier? Things just keep getting worse. No jobs? Is there no? No tech jobs and no Amazon around here, nothing? Warforge can do most of the simple labor nowadays, and uh, rich folk would rather have Warforge that they could beat up and doesn't complain like us poor folk, you know what I'm talking about? We all stare at TV. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Non-soul-infused Warforged are very pliable. Would you say they took our jobs? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Would you say it, please? Or <laughs> can you please say they took our jobs? <laughs> Uh, uh, all of the high-minded ideals when all the races came together to form the Empire have uh, kind of gone by the wayside. Now, now they all kind of agree on one thing. Shit on the poor people, am I right? That's what us Decembrists are fighting for. It's, it's fun. It's like you're not using real words. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just so comfortable speaking. It's crazy. I know, no. It's, it's lovely. It's like a beautiful carpet that yeah. I don't know, but I don't want to walk on it. It's almost like when a, when a baby's talking to you with such conviction. I know, right? And it's like goo goo gaga, you're like, oh yeah, good hey, for keep, you. Keep going, buddy. You're adorable. Good for you. When I'm talking, all you guys can hear is, don't go wrong about Boomerang on It just sounds like a didgeridoo. Trunga wonga hobbit. We're all speaking the Emperor's Coleman. Am I what? Come on. Oh, um, 
Sort of. <laughs> Why can't this guy just speak Spanish like a normal boy? <laughs> <laughs> we have your first mission here for you, but not only that, we have somebody else that would like to talk to you. You're going to pull out my mom, oh, aren't this? you? She's My mom's <laughs> going to show up. He steps aside. Gonk and Malison see somebody they recognize, somebody they've talked to recently. They see Constable Elton. It's a slight halfling man dressed in ceremonial dress police attire, complete with a sash. Oh, God, I hope that means a police bo- gown, like, like gown. Yeah. Ball gown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we got the third lesson. degree from old mm-hmm. Constable Elton. And Constable Elton let it be known that without letting it be known that he knew where the giant coke came from and the names of those involved. Gonk kind of writes himself and walks up to Elton and is like, So, uh, he like looks around, looks at his friends and goes, How's it going on that old, uh, on the turtle case? Turtle case. Have you found the people that have been flaying all the, uh, that, that have been shredding all the, the homeless vagabonds? No, not as of yet. I have detectives working around the clock. <laughs> they got us working in shifts. Yeah. Gonk? That, uh, yeah, I think we found that him. That was gone. the guy we just Remember killed. Bugle Fingers? That, that, that was actually Four Turtles. <laughs> well, um, that yeah, was, sure, yes. Yeah. He was yes, the, Chud, yeah, there was... He was the one doing all that shredding? That's he, right. He, he was four turtles, yes. Shredding mm-hmm. all those people, leaving just splinters of them behind? Correct. He had a magical ability to look like his footprints were like four of yours. <laughs> My good... Because that... You mean the elven person that we've been tracking all this time was actually Freddie Mercury himself? That's correct. Now, is that... Would that... We might think that, but was that right? That that he was the one who captured Gertrude? No, no, the that Elvin he... guy that uh, cat that was in the basement of the, the Kevin's old monastery. Yeah, or was that that wasn't Freddie Mercury that um, opened the gate there? You don't know, right? If it was Freddie Mercury who owned the gate, yeah, you just, just know that it was cultists who who uh, worked for the cult of Ball. Oh, right. uh, you also know that uh, there were a bunch of corpses of people when you woke up uh, who worshipped the cult of Ball, and you notice that Freddie mentioned the cult of Ball yeah. himself in conversation. He worshipped. He, he mentioned Ball. Well, it looks like we uh, cracked the case, Constable. Don't know if there's much more work for you to do. Yeah, you got any rewards? Yeah. We can talk about rewards. First, I want to talk about why people visiting the city think it's okay to distribute narcotics into our black market. Are you still trying to sniff out that one, huh? No, I believe I figured that one out. (laughs) But I'm not here to arrest you. You can relax. Good, because I ain't have nothing to do with that. That was my bad. I personally agree that the Duke's court and the Empire's war on drugs has gone disastrously. I'm not here to bust you for petty crimes. I just thought John Cocaine was too big to do. Though in the course of my work, I would not uh, normally turn a blind eye to somebody who distributed such large amounts of narcotics. However, the old It was really good shit. (laughs) I now have a blind nose. (laughs) I turned my empty nose to it. My nose is completely numb. Be wondering how I was able to. Was uh, he able to stay up four days in a row? <laughs> oh, come up with an idea for a new restaurant. Uh, he says as he brings his fingers up to his nose. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Though I consider myself quite a fine detective, I did not arrive to your ship by happenstance or even through fine sleuthing. I followed my nose. <laughs> it, it always knows. It's 2K and Sam. <laughs> well, the reason I found out was because. 
Mr. Mercutio, who I believe you have had the displeasure of meeting, and his Black Order thugs walked straight into my office and dropped a dossier on Gertrude's dudes and your misdoings. He wanted me to impound your ship. Which, by the way, your ship is now impounded. That is beyond me. <laughs> no. So you did it. That, that was beyond me. You're referring to uh, Shitty Gallagher, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one. So. Yeah. Don't He's, we just call him Gallagher? Yeah. Remember, by the way, I, I want to accuse him of many crimes against fruits. Furthermore, the crew of your ship is currently being interrogated for questioning. That includes your activities director, Mr. Unironically named Andre the Giant. Oh, dang. And the rest of your crew. Bummer. What? Why would he do that? What? Why would Marcusia? I don't know what happened there. Uh, was that Gertrude? Okay, I wasn't sure. Can I roll an inside Apparently check? I can't do Gertrude. I you want to roll an inside check. The only one. <laughs> Gertrude's lying. Oh, well, I rolled a five plus four, nine. I'm like, Gertrude she seems very sincere. Gertrude seems really broken up about this to you. <laughs> Is the Black Order in the habit of interrogating activities directors? No. They're usually in the habit of destroying people who get in their way. I believe that Gertrude's dudes have, one way or another, become uh, people of interest to the Black Order. Yeah, we know how to get in people's way. Under normal circumstances, I would not turn my blind eye to these crimes, but the fact that Mercutio is the one who wants you out of the way tells me that I might be able to do more good for this city by finding out more about you. Mm. All right. What you want to know? Indeed, we're open books. Yeah, we're open books with lots of cats jumping out. Music starts playing, turns into the set of the dating game. <laughs> Adventure number one. <laughs> Mr. Tortle, if you and I were to go on a hot date, where would you take me, and what would your kissing style be? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'd take you to uh, the deepest hole in the swamp. My kissing style is kind of like a stapler remover. You yeah. guys seem like good people. That was a good answer, a good moral <laughs> answer to a question. You guys could be the most evil party of thugs I've ever encountered. I still would trust you more than I trust that bastard Mercutio. <laughs> Such a creature has gotten so much power of the state behind him is beyond me. I don't know if you if that's meant to impress us as to how evil there is or as to how incompetent your, <laughs> your character judgment is. <laughs> but uh, all right. We'll be the we'll be the judges, I suppose. My back's against the wall. We are not evil. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Although if we were, that's exactly what we would tell you. Yeah, we'd probably <laughs> say that. I am making this decision because I am, in fact, a big fan of your work. What your crew did in Crow's Point in squashing that Lord Privilege Inton the Fourth. After doing so, you didn't claim power. You didn't sack the place. You did steal an airship. Were those options? Yeah. We, we pretty more. much did all those things, but yeah. No, no, but, we didn't do none of that, because we're good guys. Well, whatever you've done, what you have did there was good. Yeah, thank you. As far as I'm concerned, you've done more for this world than Makushu ever has, so... We're like I'm, OxyClean, this whole party. Well, I can't unimpound your ship. Mm. I will tell the guards to turn a blind eye if they see you around town, so try not to cause too much trouble. Gotcha. This is contingent upon you doing fine work with Mr. Sunshaker here as well. And then um, we can maybe steal that airship but, back? Uh, cool, and all, but can we, we heard about healers. We're in pretty bad shape. Some yeah. of us have uh, phobias from a nightmare <laughs> demon. We That's why we're here. Can we... 
Absolutely. Sorry about that. Uh, Sean Sunseeker claps his hands twice, and you see a couple of clerics come from the come out from the shadows. Um, and they immediately began casting a variety of spells. Were you just standing there watching the whole time? Yeah, they like to watch. Yeah, please help us remove the stain of ball from our from our psyches. Mm-hmm. The healers go through everybody. Uh, they heal all the mental and physical damage that the party has accumulated. Do they stop and like try to heal Gertrude's? jelly hand and then realize there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> well, there's plenty wrong with it. They make a jelly or I'm sorry, Miss Gertrude. It turns out your hand is still disgusting. There's nothing they can do about that. And you have lung cancer. They <laughs> <laughs> say so you have six months left. That's all right, babe. Do you want to make the most of it? Can you restore her voice? Because this, this is it's just like nails on a chalkboard. If you have any magic lozenges, the healers told me that if she let them, they probably could restore a voice. They, well, I, never mind them. <laughs> well, we could. Why would you want to restore it back to when it was worse than this? <laughs> but, but they also say in order for it to take, she'd have to quit smoking. Never mind. <laughs> never, never mind. So are you ready for your first mission? Well, what do you think, fellas? I mean. Let's go back to the Flame Festival. <laughs> yeah. Is our first mission to do something about the slums? Are we going to, like, have a dance battle to raise money for the community center? Yeah. Like Break-In or Break-In 2, Electric Boogaloo. Anybody seen those movies? They're real old. I don't know if the Boogaloo would be electric. This is a steampunk boy on that. Steam Boogaloo 2. <laughs> He's more of a Crash Groove fan myself. Oh, deep cuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the millennials love these shows. Oh, they do. <laughs> They do. Oh, dang, you've been saved. We're referring to a day before hip-hoppers mumbled. <laughs> well, are we going to do anything about, the, apparently, the Black Order and the, and these uh, ball whispers setting up all these blue veins all over all over creation? There's, uh, They could be in league with each other, as far as we know. Yeah, you tell us what the mission is. Ball busting or uh, Black Order bashing? Actually, I believe we were the ones who handled that ball problem. I don't think it'll be uh, springing up anymore. And he spits on the ground, uh, remembering Freddy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> your first mission is a very important one. I'm afraid you're not going to be dancing to raise money for some inner city youth, although <laughs> they will certainly keep an eye on any opportunity that we can to uh, well, do that. You. We'll contact you if that comes up. You let me know, because I did practice some dancing a couple episodes ago. Gonk yeah. removes his fingerless gloves and puts them back mm-hmm. in his pocket. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Chud cuts the fingers off his gloves. The first mission, we require some very dangerous people to protect a very important person from some even more dangerous people. I'm a very Am I dangerous the important person? person? You are not, Gertrude. Mr. Elton is letting you off the hook for, for some of your narcotic misdeeds because we need some badass bodyguards. Mm, and all right. that is where we're going to end our episode for today. Great. Where can we find them? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you some flyers. Go ahead and pass them out. If anybody uh, if anybody thinks they're a badass bodyguard, you send them right to me. As okay. soon as they say that, I disguise self as Kevin Costner. <laughs> All right, guys. Great episode. You killed uh, Freddie Mercury. Yay! That was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right, let's close it out. Clint Beischer, where can people find you? Clint Beischer... At Clint Beischer. That's just... Yep, that's... Uh, Clint Beischer balls off. No. no crickets can be heard. That was solid. <laughs> no, that was good. The crickets that was approved. Good. <laughs> the cricket. Jesse Egan as uh, Chud Bings lives in handle, and you can find me at I could drop the accent. Um, you can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media. I just equate you with Chud. I am yeah. Chud. Lovable. Caleb Cleveland as 
Gonk. And you can find me, <clears throat> sorry, you can find me at Caleb is Drawing on all your friendly social media platforms. If you're somebody who likes looking at beautiful images, just click on the things you're he posts kind. daily. Salvador Viesca, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me like... <laughs> I was trying to think of a comeback then, but I'll, and that is my Salvador Viesca impression. Where can people find you? It sounded more like Lothario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Salvador Viesca V on Twitter and the Salvadorable on Instagram. If you'd like pictures of cats and dogs, follow... Oh, yeah, my cat just started pissing in the toilet. On her own. That's so if amazing. you wanna yeah, if you wanna see some videos. No That's incredible. Yeah. She almost pooed yesterday, but then she went right into the tub and pooed there. So <laughs> <laughs> baby steps. Robert De Niro's character in Meet the Fockers claimed to have done what you've actually been able to do oh, yeah. with your cat. <laughs> That's Check him out, the Salvadorable. He has video of his cat <laughs> peeing in the toilet. <laughs> Multiple videos. His... It's basically what the whole channel's gonna become. How do you get it to do it in my roommate's mouth now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Yikes. know, dude. She she taught herself, so uh, I'll ask her. Dave Callens, where can people find you? Uh, as Kevin, who no longer enjoys naps after <laughs> these last couple of episodes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Sharkodile. I'm pretty sure no one has found me yet. So <laughs> the first person that does, I'm not as nearly as good an artist as uh, Caleb or Jesse, but the first person that finds me and mentions it to me, I will draw a picture of you as whatever type of character you want. If you have an NPC, an idea for the show, you you want to say we're doing a great job, saying we uh, messed up the rules, go ahead and reach out to us. We see our numbers growing. Thank you so much for your support. Leave us a comment and a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. That goes a long way towards helping other people get down with the uh, awful neutral. Uh, since I work the Twitter handle, feel free to reach out to me at awfulDnd. I also can be reached at Adult Damien. But uh, I'm actually legally going to change my name to at AwfulTNT. So just go ahead and do that second one <laughs> instead. a wise move. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later, nerds. Later. tonight? Well, let me make sure you can have some company. Go to your phone and look up Awful Neutral Podcast. Leave me a message of what you want us to do. You can leave your comment wherever you want. Awful Neutral is five gold for the first minute and seven gold for each additional minute. Credit card fees may apply. We do not guarantee happiness. God is a lie. I'll even give you advantage.